and knocks on dough. And he says, man, take me somewhere right quick. It's about two in the morning. And I knew better because I, I knew he was um, strung out on drugs. And, and I knew he wanted to go score something. He said, come on, man, take me, take me. So we, I said, all right, come on, jump in the car. I'm drunk. He high. We go into the neighborhood. He goes into this house to buy drugs. And I'm sitting out there at the edge of the driveway. And this young kid comes and he knocks on the window and says, hey man, you shouldn't be here. Get away from here. I said, man, who do you think you are? Knocking on my window. I'm from the hood. <laughs> he said, man, look, you got five seconds to get out of here. This man ain't going nowhere. He pulls out his pistol and fires into the car. Window shatters. I smash on the gas. I leave the next morning after I had a terrible night of sleep because I could have lost my life. I look at the back seat of the car. The bullet and the trajectory of the bullet should have hit my spine. But there was a metal plate right at the lower torso, torso of my body. The bullet, bullet reflected off of that. Could have lost my life. So when this song, he's been good. He's protected us from danger seen and unseen. Now that may not be your testimony. Maybe you've been good at two shoes all your life. But watch this. The sovereignty grace of God that he kept you even when your thoughts weren't the right thoughts. Well, he should have wiped you out when instead of you giving him glory, you took the glory for yourself. Instead of you giving him the praise, you wanted the praises of men for yourself. He's been so good. Oh. God, my God, my God, my God, 
my God. My God, my God. Hallelujah. That's a bullshit. So, so. Ah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory. What God has done is marvelous in his eyesight. God, we thank you. <laughs> Jesus. If you're here this morning, there's sickness in your body. And you need a healing, a touch from God. I think it's a good moment now while the waters are troubled. Just lift your hands right where you are. If you're needing God to move, to manifest in your situation, whether it's financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually, you need God to do something. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, reach up to heaven like heaven has what you need. Reach up to heaven like heaven has what you need. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I declare your healing mercy and grace be extended from heaven into this house. I thank you that every troubled mind be set at ease and be set free now in the name of Jesus. I thank for every provision that has been held up and locked up be loosed now in the name of Jesus I thank you that the smiles that have been hidden behind masks God be exposed now bring back the joy bring back the happiness do it now God do it now every troubled soul be set at ease and set at peace now in the name of Jesus thank you for healing thank you for grace Thank you for protection. Thank you for deliverance and freedom now in the name of Jesus. And God, we give you the glory. And God, we give you the praise. If you receive what you need from God this morning, shout in advance. Go ahead and clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What an atmosphere. What an atmosphere. That's what happens when you come with that type of expectation. That's what happens when you come expecting from the God whom you believe in. Something happens. Something happens. Here's the thing about expectation. Here's the thing about expectation is is that if you don't expect something, when it shows up, you may miss it. Here's the thing about expecting something. If you don't look for it, you will miss it when it shows up. And it'll be right before your very eyes, and you'll miss it. Healing will be made available. Because the Bible says healing is the children's bread and the bread crumbs will be laying all around you and you can't see the crumbs because that's all you see is the problems. Got to have an eager expectation. So when it shows up, you can recognize it. Because watch this, if you can recognize it, then you can receive it. When you see it, you can grab it. I think we missed out so much on God because we hadn't really expected God to move. And he moved and we missed him. We missed him. So in a moment like this, you can miss God because what you need is in this atmosphere. What you need is in this moment. 
And if you miss this moment, then you'll walk away wondering, God, why didn't you move? And he would say, I move, but you didn't expect me to move. I showed up, but you didn't welcome me in. You, you didn't receive when I came. Hallelujah. Oh, I know you'd rather leave cookies and some milk next to the fireplace. You, you're waiting to hear the jingle bells ring on the sleigh. I know, I know. That's your expectation. You're waiting for the, the jolly uh, man to come down the chimney. That's your expectation. That the gifts will be laid out up under the tree. But the gift was hung on the tree. The, the, the gift was hung on the tree. And he died and he bled. And, and he rose again. Why? Because the expectation was that if you trust and believe in me. Hey. If you trust and believe in me. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father which is in heaven, give it unto thee. What's your expectation this morning? What's your expectation this morning? Lift your hands right there and say, Lord, my expectation is that you will show up and show out. Do it now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands. Give him some glory. I promise you it wasn't there beforehand. Amen. Woo, you may be seated if you can. privilege and honor it is to host the presence of God. What a privilege and an honor it is to host his presence. And it's so befitting of what the Lord has deposited in me to release to you today because I believe that this word that God has given in this atmosphere is going to manifest and produce something in your life. Gonna produce something in your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father. Woo, okay. All right. Amen. So let's 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 get into it. Uh, before we do as we make a shift in in this place. You know, laughter is good for the soul. Some of y'all been tied up so long that if you laugh, you may break something. Face so stiff, you laugh and it'll crack. Amen. Amen. I was going to say something, but I'm going to keep it to myself. No, no, you don't want me to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. Hey, listen, if you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring time, just wave at me right quick. You're here. Amen. You, you've been. Amen. Amen. First, second, okay. I say reoccurring for those of you who have come time and time again, but you have yet to join Elevate Church. I'm speaking to you right now. If that's you, you've been here more than three times. Amen. You're reoccurring. If that's you, been here more than three times, but you hadn't joined yet, wave at me again. I'm putting you on spot, putting you on blast right now. Where you at? I know y'all in here now. I know where you at. Amen. I think I told you before we're going to do like Beyonce. We're going to put a ring on it. Amen. It's, it's, time, it's time to go ahead and seal the deal. Amen. Stop shacking up with us. Amen. Go ahead and seal the deal. God keep bringing you back to this table for a reason. Amen. Might as well claim your seat at the table. Amen. Amen. So on Friday, somebody shout Friday. Friday. On Friday, we're hosting our karaoke night. It's a blend of comedy and karaoke. And in the building is my longtime old friend. Amen. He, amen. He still look the same. Amen. Ain't age a bit. But Adonis Reed, comedian Adonis Reed is going to be our host. Amen. Come on, Adonis. Wave. Amen. Looking like somebody bishop over there. Amen. <laughs> I was going to yield the pulpit to him, but he said, don't do that. Don't do that. I said, man, you ready to preach? He said, oh, you 
don't want that. You don't want that. Amen. So on Friday, if you have not yet gotten your tickets, go over to our Eventbrite page. You can find the link on our Elevate page. Uh, purchase a ticket. It is a ticketed event. We're going to have an amazing time. Uh, we're going to have concessions there as well. So we're going to laugh. Amen. And then on that Friday, uh, that's that Friday, and on that Saturday, we're going to have a drive-in movie night. You can pull up in your car and watch a, a movie right from your car. So we're going to have an awesome time on that Saturday. The flyer says 7 o'clock, but because it's getting extremely dark at an early time, we're going to move it up uh, to 630 uh, so that way uh, you can come out and enjoy and then get back to your house. Amen. Let's let's jump to the word of God on this morning. I want to jump real quickly because I, I do believe in this atmosphere. What is about to be released is going to manifest something great in your life uh, because of the expectation of those who are here today. I believe God's going to breathe afresh on this word and be a blessing unto you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Grab your Bible, Psalm number 77, the book of Psalm. 77, verse number 13. Hold your finger there and jump over to Ephesians chapter number 3. Some of you can quote that from memory. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 3. As you're looking, stand to your feet. As we honor God, as we read his word this morning. Ah, Thank you, Holy Ghost. All standing if you're able. God gave you strength to walk through those doors. Stand to your feet. I'll say it to you again. If you don't expect to see something happen, then you might miss it when it does. So you got to get your expectation up. Tell your neighbor I'm expecting. Oh, God, I felt something. I'm expecting. You're pregnant with purpose. You're expecting, you're pregnant with purpose. You're pregnant with purpose. The Holy Spirit has impregnated you with the purpose and the plans of God. And for some of you, it's going to be a nine-month delivery. Others, it's going to be nine hours. See, in the delivery room, they tell you to push. Because you got to get out what's in you, you got to get it out. So you got to push. Some of you are going to wait till the ninth month to push. Some of you are going to be so eager with such great anticipation that you're going to push, and in nine hours, you're going to deliver. Hallelujah. Y'all expecting. Declare these words with me, if you would. Today, I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready, and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Turn to your neighbor and say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. I think your other neighbor's jealous. Turn to them and say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shall I blessed to be a blessing? My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. amen. Ephesians chapter number three, verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh, Make it personal. According to the power that worketh in me. He's talking to you this morning. According to the power that works in So whatever I think he's going to do even far beyond that. Exceedingly. Abundantly. Then all I could ask or even. 
You got some thoughts that God's going to blow your mind over. <laughs> you got some things you're thinking about. God says, that ain't nothing. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to do above that thought, beyond that thought. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. Psalm number 77. It says, your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. Ask your neighbor what God is greater than our God. Shout none. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are the God who performs miracles. You are the God who turns deserts into streams of oasis. You are the God that raised dead bodies, called dried up bones to live again. You are the God that caused eyeballs to form in sockets where they were not. You call eardrums to come and manifest in ears that could not hear. You are the God who performed miracles. That's that God. You perform miracles. You display your power among the people. Hear this before you see it. A miracle is a supernatural event that manifests from a supernatural God as divine intervention in natural human affairs. A supernatural God is looking to intervene in your situation. Father, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' my name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God is still in the miracle working business. I've heard many theologians and scholars and even preachers and teachers of the word say that God doesn't do miracles anymore. I've heard men of faith say, you know what? God doesn't perform miracles anymore. Everything that God done, he's already done it and won't be done again. It's just he don't perform miracles. But but you know what a miracle, as it says, is a miracle is a supernatural intervention in human affairs. In other words, God waits till you get to the very end of you before he steps in. That when everything about you and everything that is uh, uh, before you where you can't do nothing else with it is when God steps in. He steps in when you step out the way. Hallelujah. And, and that's the miracle working power of God is God is waiting for you to get to the end of your rope to throw your lifeline. So that you won't give nobody else the credit and all the glory but him. Because if you could do it by yourself or if you could do it for yourself and then you would just shout your name out instead of his name. I'm a self-made man. The devil is a lie. He made you. He created you. He gave you the ability. He gave you the wisdom, the insight, the creativity, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understand. God did it. Somebody shout God did it. And when you can't do it, he does it. Hallelujah. Supernatural God. So I begin to think about Jesus and the wonder working power of Jesus and all the miracles he performed. And I deduced him down to uh, what I could find was 17 body cures, bodily cures. He, 17 times in the scripture we see Jesus healing somebody's body. 17 times. Uh, I found six deliverances of demoniac spirits. Six times that he freed somebody from a stronghold of a demonic hole on their life. Three times he raised bodies from the dead. Y'all thought Lazarus was the only one. But there was a, a young boy who was dead of a widow woman. He was the only son of this widow woman. And as they're coming down the street to plant his dead body into the ground, Jesus encounters the woman along the way, felt pity and compassion on the woman, goes over, touches the coffin. Can I tell you something? Just one touch. A little dab will do. Amen. He touches the coffin and says, boy, get up. The boy rises up out of the coffin. Everybody is in awe and begin to praise God. Jairus encounters Jesus and disrupts uh, this, this opportunity. He's disrupted by this opportunity to receive a healing by a woman who is suffering 12 years with the issue of blood. Jairus is on the way to, uh, to see that his daughter is healed. And this woman with the issue of blood intervenes. One touch from Jesus, she's healed. And while this intervention is taking place, they come to Jairus and say, Jairus, your daughter is dead. And Jesus Raises her back to life. Three times. Three times. Three times. Jesus performs this miracle. 
And then there were nine times that miracles over nature, nine times that Jesus spoke to, to things in nature and they responded. Nine times. Somebody saw he's still in the miracle business. So I want to talk to you real brief. He still can. Tell your neighbor he still can. Because he's the God of miracles. He is. He's the God of miracles. Many believe in his name when they saw the miracles of God in their own life. Many people came to know Christ because they saw a miracle performed in their own life. So many began to believe in the name of Christ. Why? Because they saw the miracles Christ performed. Now, hear this. It's going to sound counterintuitive to uh, what I'm saying, but he's in the miracle working business, but he doesn't look to perform miracles. God is not looking to perform miracles. (laughs) Well, that's kind of almost hypocritical. You're saying God is in the miracle working business, but he's not looking to perform miracles. Really, God is not looking to perform miracles because miracles are the end result of your lack of faith. Miracles is when you hadn't trusted God all the way to the end. It's it's, it's when you gave up and and, and now God says, I got to step in. But but if you first believe, if you go ahead and believe that you're already healed when the doctor tells you you're sick and you got six months to live, if you just go ahead and believe God all the way through, then you can receive what God has for you. But because you stop believing the sovereign grace of God, empowers you, steps in and says, now I have to intervene because you won't believe me to the end, so I got to step in. That's a miracle. But God is not looking every time to get off his throne to do something you should have done. And you know what that is? Believe God. Believe God. All the way to the end, the ninth hour, believe God. Then a miracle performed. In the gospel of Mark chapter number four, We see this account that day when evening had came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. He said to who? The disciples. So they were being learned and taught of Christ. He said, let us go to the other side. Somebody underline that in your Bible. Let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. (laughs) What you do when Jesus goes to sleep on you? (laughs) Disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? You're not concerned about us. You're not worried about us. You sleeping? While we're going through. Anybody ever felt like that while you're going through and you can't see the hand nor trace the hand of God? Have you ever wondered, God, where are you? God, you don't care about me. See, y'all too spiritual in here. It's your sanctimonious self. But you know there's going to be a time in your life where you're going to be looking around. God, where are you? God, where are you? And they say, you don't care about us, but wait a minute. Jesus, at this point, he has already performed many miracles up to this point. He's already fed the multitude of people. And now they're wondering if they, if Jesus is concerned. After all they have experienced, witnessed, and saw with their own eyes, you don't wonder if Jesus is concerned. All the times Jesus came through for you when nobody else would, when they wouldn't answer the phone, when they wouldn't call you back, when you had problems and issues and concerns and you called them and they were too busy. And Jesus stepped in. When you're about to be put out your house because you couldn't pay your mortgage and provision was made from heaven. After all of that... (laughs) Aren't you concerned about me, Jesus? You're not caring for me? And that's where the disciples are. You don't care about us? We're about to go down, and you sleeping. I love how Jesus responds, really, in Matthew. He gives a a response in Matthew chapter number 8. He replied, you of little faith. 
Why are you so afraid? In other words, you forgetful people. You can't remember the last time I came through. You can't remember the last touch you got from me. You can't remember the last time when you were sick in your body and I healed you. You can't remember the last time your belly was grumbling and I fed you. That you were standing in line and you were short on your change. And somebody walked up behind you and said, don't worry about it. Put your money away. I'll pay for it. You don't remember those times when you were stuck on the side of the road in the middle of the night. And all the cars kept passing by you. Nobody would stop to help you. And then all of a sudden God sent the angel your way and helped you. You don't remember all them times? You don't remember them times when I stepped in, when everybody stepped out and they turned their back on you and it was just me and you. That's it. That's all we had. You don't remember them times. You don't remember those times I kept you and covered you when those bullets whizzed past your, past your head. When the person who was supposed to get hit didn't get hit, but the bullet came by you. and You remember that time that you were asleep at the wheel and that 18-wheel just whizzed past you. Spared you. There's some things going on inside your body right now. You should be dead, but God is keeping you. <laughs> There's some sickness that you even unaware of, and God is holding you together. <laughs> and you worry about if I'm concerned about you. The men were, he replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Woo, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. I'm trying to get rid of this R&B spirit, but it just keep coming up. <laughs> what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yes, he is. And they were amazed. What kind of man is this? Ladies, you ought to go home and ask your husband, what kind of man are you? Amen. The man that loves you, woman. Hallelujah. What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Now watch. I want you to catch this before I get out of here. Is this. They were more concerned about what was happening to them than who was with them. They were more concerned what was happening around them and then concerned about the one who was with them. They had the king of kings, the Lord of lords right there in their presence. And they worried about problems when you got the Lord Jesus Christ right there with you. You worry about a storm when you got the savior right there in the boat with you. Forget what's happening. I'm focused on him. Oh, they're in heaven. The 24 elders are casting crowns. They have all of these gold possession crowns with jewels on their heads. But, you know, they ain't worried about the provision that was made. They're worried about the presence. They cast their crowns at Jesus' feet. That's how we do. We worried about the problems instead of the presence. So watch what happens is, is Satan has fulfilled his assignment. He gets you so focused on the problem that you miss the provision and the promise. Oh, you've heard it in John. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and? Okay, are you dead yet? Has anything? Well, some may have been stolen. Some of y'all some thieves up in here too, I'm just saying. Amen. Will a man rob God? <laughs> stolen from the kingdom of God. I didn't take my brother's stuff, but you took God's stuff. New boat, new motorcycle. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. So uh, the devil comes to steal, kill, and has he destroyed? I mean, like literally blew up some stuff in your life that couldn't be put back together. Everything that, of destruction that Satan comes to destroy, God has the creative power to put back together. But I got another 3D for you. He comes to distract detain and detour so what happens is you get so focused on the problem that you're distracted by the problem that you don't focus on the problem solver and that's what Satan's assignment is he's his assignment is watch this sickness and disease poverty and lack whatever you're going through is just a distraction 
Oh, yes, it is. Because the more you focus on it, you can't focus on him. So now you're distracted by sickness. You're distracted by disease. You're distracted by problems and, and all of these things. And you're more focused on yourself than you're on him. So Satan has fulfilled his assignment, got you so distracted with that stuff. Now watch, he gets you de- detoured. What do you mean detoured, apostle? So now when God doesn't respond as quickly as you need him to respond, you leave God to find another God. You go build a golden calf that you can worship. Because this golden calf is going to, he, he's going to operate the way you want him to operate. He's going to show up when you want him to show up. You can pull the reins on this golden calf and have this golden calf go where you want him to go. It's, it's your will being fulfilled, not his will being fulfilled in your life. So now you're on a detour. Worshiping another God. But not only that. But he detains you, detains you, holds you right where you are, prevent you from moving forward in the blessings and the promises of God. That's Satan's assignment. Distract you, detain you and detour you. Because you're focused on the problem and you're not focused on the one who can solve the problem. Then, ah, and they're focused on themselves. So I don't know. What storm of life you're in right now? It may be a physical storm. It may be an emotional storm. Or it may be a spiritual storm. But we have a God. (laughs) We have a God. That can speak to every storm. Oh, come on. You ought to clap your hands because you serve a God that no matter what type of storm that you have before you, you have a God that can speak to the storm. You have a God that can speak to it. Why? Because he's still in the miracle working business. He still can do it. But I have a question for you. What if the miracle, what if the miracle wasn't the storm that Jesus calmed on the outside, but the storm he calmed was on the inside? What if the storm that he spoke to, he wasn't really speaking to the waves and the wind, but he was speaking to the storm that was inside of the disciples? Maybe he was trying to calm them to get them to a place of peace within themselves. Because when you at peace, watch this. When you have peace, you ain't worried about no problems. When you at peace, they can have an eviction notice at the door. They can have a repo man have your car on the hook, and you be sipping a latte. Be like, shit, praise the Lord, glory to God, Amen. The Lord give it, He take it away, Amen. If he took this, he, gonna, he must have something better. See, when you got that type of peace, when you got that type of joy, you can walk into a bad situation with your head up and a smile on your face, and you walk in that thing like this. Hey, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Broke as a joke. New gator shoes on. Hallelujah. Ain't got nowhere to live. Nowhere to go. You just be glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the type of peace. Watch. He was trying to bring that type of peace to the disciples. You know why? Because they missed what he said. Oh, y'all better catch this. Tell your neighbor, catch this. Here it was. He already said we're going to the other side. (laughs) He already said, Adonis, we're going to the other side. That means that there's a destiny and an end that I've already declared to be. So if I've already declared it, if I've already stated that it shall come to I don't care if a storm comes. I don't care if an earthquake comes. I don't care if the boat falls apart. We're going to the other. If I got to step in with a miracle and cause the pieces of the boat, the fragmented pieces of the boat become surfboards. We're going because I already said it because they were focused on the situation. I focused on the Savior. So he says, look, I need y'all to be at peace. Calm down. Calm down. It's good. I got this because y'all missed it. I was sleeping in the midst of the problem. If you were to be as I was, then you wouldn't be so concerned right now. 
That's really, God, and I feel this prophetically right now. Somebody need to go to sleep tonight. You've been up all night toiling. Put that ambient away and go to sleep. You're going to have the best sleep tonight. You're going to have the best sleep tonight. You're going to go to sleep and you're going to rest. You're going to wake up in the morning refreshed. Because the last couple weeks you've been up all night. Lord, how this going to happen? God, whether this person, how that, uh, go to sleep. Be at peace. Be at peace. Oh, I got to give this to you. See, here here it is. You got to be at peace with God. You got to be at peace with God. Because when you're at peace with God, you will have a peace of God. And watch, because you have made peace with God. Because when they were in the boat, they had a peace of God right there in their presence. (laughs) And the word became flesh, John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the only only begotten Son, the Father. They had a peace of God here in earth. God in flesh, incarnated in flesh, on the boat, a peace of God here in earth. And they should have been at peace with God to have the peace of God because they had a peace of God. You know that good sleep when it's on the pillow? You know that good sleep when you snore so loud you wake yourself up? And you look at your spouse, you snoring. I'm reading a book. That's you. I ain't talking about my house, y'all. That's somebody else's household. It ain't my house. Amen. But they should have been at peace with God. And Jesus was speaking to the storm in them to be at peace. To be at peace. To know that he is able. Watch this. Even in his rest, he is able. <laughs> Tell you, they would be at peace. Here's the lifeline Jesus is trying to throw at him undone. Here's the lifeline. It says, the lifeline, we're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. We're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. Hebrews chapter number six says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure when we cultivate the presence of God we are anchored that's when the wind blows and the waves and the storms come we're anchored we're not moved we're not shaking we may be shaking but not stirred we may fall we may stumble but we get back up again because we're anchored in the Lord you ever seen a palm tree in the winds you ever seen a hurricane down on the coast by Florida and the the trees are blown they just doing like this All the buildings are destroyed, but the palm tree is still standing. You know why? Because they're anchored. Uh, A bamboo shoot, it grows as deep in the ground as it is tall on top. Same with a palm tree. That's why it's anchored. When it be blowing, palm tree ain't worried. Maybe lose a couple palm leaves. It's all right. I'll go on back. It's okay. You're going to lose some stuff in life, but you got to be, that's okay, I'm going to get it back. <laughs> oh, you, you have stolen some stuff, that's all right, because once the thief is found, he's got to get back seven times. That which he stole, oh, take that, that's no problem, I'm getting seven more. You can have that, take that, take that, and that, because I'm getting seven more. Some of y'all are holding on to old stuff when God wants to release some new stuff in your life. You're crying over spilt milk when God trying to give you a whole cow. Hallelujah. You're crying over stuff. God says, you worried about that? Don't you know who I am? I own a cow on a thousand hills. You worried about that? Really? You lost your job? You worried about that? I'll give you an idea, a witty invention that'll feed your family for four generations. You worried about that? I'll take what you have in your house, a small cruise of all, and I'll start an all business that'll feed your family for four generations. You worried about being laid off on your job. When you learn to cultivate the presence of God, in his presence is the fullness thereof. 
It's the fullness. Whatever you need is in his presence. You got to learn to cultivate his presence. You're crying. You're weeping. Get into his presence. You're concerned. Get into his presence. That's the fullness. That's the fullness. You can get everything you need in his presence. God's presence is better than Walmart. You got everything you need down every aisle. Whatever you need is in his presence. One stop shop. But you got to learn to cultivate his presence. Got to learn to cultivate his presence. Peace isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Oh, I'm not at peace. Why? Because I got troubles. You can have peace in the midst of a storm. Because you got his presence. I remember my oldest son, Malik. When he was five years old, we were sitting on the bed in my parents' house watching television. And Bishop Jakes was preaching on the TV. And Bishop Jakes goes to one side of the congregation and he poses this question based upon a healing moment in a man's life. He asked the man, do you want to be made whole? Do you? He gives him the option to be made whole or not to be made whole. And he said this statement to the congregation. He said, if Jesus was here today and he would have posed the same question to you, what do you want? What would you say? And as mutant, as solid as this side is, so were they. So he goes to the other side and he says, if Jesus was here today and he would have asked you, what do you want? What would you say? And as this side, they begin to yell out what they expected from God. And by the Spirit of God, I turned, I turned to my five-year-old son and said, Hey, if Jesus were here today, what would you ask for? And me with my carnal self, I'm expecting him to say a PlayStation, cotton candy, a pony, a bicycle. You know, what kids ask for. You know what my five-year-old says by the Spirit of God? I would ask for more of Jesus. True story. I'm like, then it dawned on me. If you have Jesus, you have everything. Houses crumble. Cars rust. Jobs are lost. Health is fleeting. But if I have Jesus, I have everything I need. And Jesus. Oh, that's so good. I don't need nothing else but him. So another lifeline he throws him, we're anchored when we remember God's promises. You have to at times in life remind yourself of the promises of God. Because remember, problems are distractions to distract you from the promise. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt and God notices something in the land. He noticed that there are giants in the land. He knew they were already there. But he also noticed that the people didn't have enough faith to face the giants. So the Bible says, I believe it's in the book of Numbers. Uh, it says, uh, Exodus, he, he says that I'm taking them another route because if they see the giants, they will grow faint in their hearts and they will turn back. <laughs> they will grow faint in their heart. Watch this. It's a process to the promise. So God had to build their faith. In the wilderness. Ah, I can't take them directly into the promised land. I got to make sure their faith is up enough yet. So he takes them into the wilderness where there's no food, scarcity, and lack all around them. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you bread for the day. Don't take more than you need for this day. Because if you do tomorrow, it won't be no good. You know what he was doing? Building their faith up. In other words, if you can trust me today, I can surely trust you tomorrow. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody now. Uh, you, you've been hoarding away stuff and gathering stuff 
and putting stuff together is because you don't know if God going to do it tomorrow. So you're doing it all yourself. And he had to build their faith up in the wilderness. Watch this. The promise was still the promise, even with the problem of the giants. But they had to remind themselves of the promise. What was the problem? The giants. What was the promise? Canaan. So they had to remind themselves. There's a promise before us. You have to remind yourself there's a promise before me. In spite of the problems and the trials and the vicissitudes of life and all that I go through, that there is a promise that God has promised me. You got to remind yourself that because the problem will show up. I'm going to say it again. The problem will show up. Matter of fact, the scripture says that every man born of a woman and woman born of a woman, their whole life will be faced with trials and adversities. So the day you came out of your mother's womb, there were problems ahead of you. And because there are going to be problems ahead of you, you got to remind yourself of the promise. That God, I see it, but I also hear what you said. I see what I see, but I'm going to hearken to what you said. I see the problem, but I hear the promise. You got to remind yourself of the promise. Don't let your circumstance speak louder than God's word. Don't let your circumstance speak louder than God's word. When your problem gets to, you got to amplify God's word in your ear. As devil, as Satan turns up the volume, you turn up the volume. Don't ever let your circumstance speak louder than God's word. And lastly, we're anchored when we understand, when we understand God's process. You have to understand the process of God. You know why? Because it's a process that God's taking you through because he's trying to grow you through. It's not that you're going to or through. God's trying to get you to grow through. Oh, I'm going through it today. No, I'm growing through it. Oh, that's good. Uh, I'm going through it. How you doing? I'm going through it today. Oh, the devil busy. I'm going through it today. No, I'm growing through it. I'm growing through it. My faith is getting stronger. My trust and belief in God is getting bigger. I'm growing through this process because I believe and trust God. If he said it, it settles it and I'm holding on to it. I'm growing through this thing. At the end of it all, my faith is going to be bigger. My trust in God is going to be stronger. I'm growing through it. So when I face the next episode, I know what to do. I know how to throw up my hands and give God glory in the midst of a storm. I know how to go to sleep. In the process, because I've grown and matured through the process. Calling everybody, girl, the devil busy again. No, I've grown through that. And that's old stuff. I don't do that no more. I go to the throne of grace boldly. And I get in the presence of God. Say, God, I know you did it once. You can do it again. God, I know if you did it for my sister and my brother, you are no respect of person, God. I'm a child of the Most High. I am a child of a King. God, I am saved and blood washed by the blood of Jesus. God, I thank you. I know I'm going through it right now, but I'm going through the process. I'm growing. I'm growing through the process. Because Romans tells us through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope and the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. (laughs) We glory in the process because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope because I know he still can because he's the God of miracles this morning or this afternoon there's some of you here today you're believing God for some great things and it has yet to happen at the top of the year you were prophesied to or even prophesied to 
You have declared some things of your own over your own life, and it has yet to come to pass. And the year is almost at end. And you're saying, God, when? Hold on to the promise of God. If God spoke it, it shall come to pass. If it didn't, maybe it was that pizza you ate the night before. Maybe it was a little indigestion. Oh, I felt God. No, that was the bubble guts. And you're waiting and wondering, God, when? God says, I'm waiting for you to trust and believe my word, not yours. I'm waiting for you to hear from me, not from yourself. I said it once before. I'll say it again in my closing. How can you hear from God when you have already determined what you want God to say? can God speak when you have already spoken what you want God this is what I want well that is not what I want for you what if I got something better and you're just going to hold on to this there's some of you today you find yourself in that place the storm is raging And you're concerned if you're going to be taken out. See, you're worried about the storm. Jesus is worried about you. You're worried about the situation when you should be focused on the Savior. That's where your deliverance, your breakthrough is going to happen. When you put your eyes fixed on him. That's when the storm will cease. And even it don't cease, you still have the promise. We're going to the other. If you would bow your heads with me. Father, now in the name of Jesus, everyone at the sound of my voice, I declare today, God, that their ears are open and their hearts are ready to receive. And Father, I declare your grace, your great grace, be extended from heaven here into earth in their lives. Father, whatever they're going through right now, Father, I pray they will grow through the process. They will learn from the, t- the trials and the toils and the tribulations. That, Father, once the pathway has been laid, God, they'll follow it out. For the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord. I think even through the fire, God, that you're opening the door to the furnace. You're guiding them out. And yet while they're in the furnace, you're in there with them. Even though the furnace and the fire has been turned seven times hotter, God, you are there. So we thank you. If you're here this morning, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This moment of the service has been designated just for you. Maybe you have, you're backslidden, done some things wrong, but today you want to get it right. Get it right today. Because it's better to have a piece of Jesus with you in the storm that's asleep than for you not to have him in the sunshine. Get it right today. If that's you, backslidden, to make a decision except Christ. Shoot your hand in the air now if that's you. I see you. I believe there's others this afternoon who say, that's me today. I need to make a decision to come back home today. I need to make a decision. If that's you, place your hand in the air. There's no guilt, no condemnation. Some of you right now, your pride is getting the best of you. Oh, what they going to think about me? I told them I was saved, but really I hadn't been living like I was saved. So I ain't going to lift my hand. Your pride is getting the best of you. If that's you, be as bold as a daughter of Zion and lift your hand. If that's you, thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory and praise. Send Jesus' mighty name. My last appeal to you, if you're here today, you don't have a church home, and the Spirit of God has been tugging on your heart throughout this service, and you know that you know in your spirit that God wants to connect you with Elevate Church. This moment has been designated for you. If that's you this morning, you're in between places, go ahead and make your reservation today to be here at Elevate Church. If that's you, put your hand in the air. Need a church home? Need to be a part of the family of faith? If that's you today, slip your hand in the air. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're online today and you're making that decision, you can simply text the word freed in the box below. 
And if you're standing in need of prayer, you can simply dial the number 225-953-7002 or send us a prayer request at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. Amen. You can even join by texting the word join to 225-361-2016. Can we clap our hands and give God some praise in this place? Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Before we get out of here today, amen. If you are blessed of the Lord, can you clap your hands? Come on, Donis. Come on up here right quick. Amen. He even moved like a bishop. No care in the world. He just can't get the microphone. Amen. My, my friend, we go way back from my days at SU. Amen. On the basketball court. Amen. Yeah, I used to school him. Amen. Amen. So what can we expect next week, Adonis, for our karaoke night? And tell us, amen, what you got going on right quick. All right. If you're doing all right, let me hear you say yeah. Yeah. Did you get that 